Hello, this is Chris Grimes, host of the Good Listening To show, Stories of Distinction and Genius. Quick announcement before we get on the open road of today's show. Today is one of the live theatre show versions of the Good Listening To show. The Good Listening To show is available as a corporate festival or theatre show with a difference. This was recorded at the Bath Theatre Royal Eustonoff studio at the end of July, where I recorded two shows which were simultaneously streamed to Facebook and YouTube, complete with audience Q&A. I interviewed Rosie Cavaliero, award-winning actress, uh, and also Neil Malarkey from the Comedy Store Players, who was talking about his new book, In the Moment. As I say, live in front of an audience with Q&A and simultaneously streamed to Facebook and YouTube. If you're a company, events manager or HR director, a fundraiser, a venue owner or a festival organiser, then this is a corporate festival and theatre show with a difference. You can tell the story behind the story of being you, have it streamed to Facebook and YouTube, maybe talk about what you do in front of your clients as your select or chosen audience. And as I say, it's also simultaneously streamed at two. Have a look at the various series strands at www.thegoodlisteningtoshow.com and corporate festival and theatre shows are just one of five different ways in which you too can get involved and be my guest. Enjoy today's show. Rosie Cavaliero, live from the Bath Theatre Royal, Eustonoff Studio. Enjoy. Welcome to another episode of the Good Listening To Show, your life and times with me, Chris Grimes, the storytelling show that features The Clearing, where all good questions come to get asked and all good stories come to be told. And where all my guests have two things in common. They're all creative individuals and all with an interesting story to tell. There are some lovely storytelling metaphors. A clearing, a tree, a juicy storytelling exercise called 54321, some alchemy, some gold, a cheeky bit of Shakespeare and a cake. So it's all to play for. So yes, welcome to the Good Listening To Show, your life and times with me, Chris Grimes. Are you sitting comfortably here? Then we shall begin. <laughs> Woohoo! So, marvellous, marvellous, marvellous. Thank you so much. So, welcome, 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 thrice and quadruple welcome. This is the second of two shows on the trot, if you'll pardon that particular expression, here at the Bath Theatre Royal Yusinov Studio. <laughs> And welcome on Facebook and YouTube, YouTube and Facebook, whichever one is coming through that portal. There will be several sheep and a stoat at home enjoying this as we join by thousands of people here at the Bath Theatre Royal. So just to remind us all, this is the show in which I invite movers, makers, shakers, mavericks, influencers and also personal heroes into an energetic space called The Clearing from where the rest of the storyscape unpacks. And that my guests come along to tell their stories of distinction and ingenious. And she is ingenious. And ladies and gentlemen, if I could ask you to give a really warm hand on my wonderful guest this evening, award-winning actress, Rosie Cavaliero. <laughs> welcome. Welcome, welcome. <laughs> Lovely. And you are defying the laws of physics by being here because whilst you're talking to me, you've also gone live this very evening on BBC One with your new series, which is The Power of Parker, please. Yes. yes. 
You're very welcome, Rosie, and I've even I've charged oh, your water thank glass. You. You're all good thank to go. Thank you so much. So, um, how's morale? When I first spoke to you last week, you said your son had gone on a school trip to Morocco. Yes, he, he went on a school trip to Morocco um, and had no mobile phone or any device for eight days. Had a complete detox. He's 14. And he came back and went, it was great. I loved oh. it. Yeah, we chatted, we played cut, and then he got on his phone out, and of course... Uh, oh, it's gone... Yeah, it was back on it immediately. It's, it's like crack, isn't it? But yeah, he had, a, he, had a, he had a great time. He had a great time. I was a bit worried, because I started watching that show Hijack when he was on the plane. I thought that wasn't a good, a good no. idea. But yeah, no, he had a great... He had a fantastic time. But it must so. be quite a nice school, because uh, obviously most school trips are like Go Ape in Swindon or something, yeah. whereas you've gone to it's Morocco. It's called World Challenge, and they go into, into schools. Um, he's just at Caution, you know, Caution, the Caution School. Ah. Um, which is just a, a, you know, it's not a private school or anything. Yeah. But yeah, they come in and do these trips and. Very good. Fantastic. And, and so he, he tuned into the detox, like you, <laughs> and then he's gone straight <laughs> yeah, back into the vortex back, now. Yeah, yeah, back in the vortex, yeah. I, I thoroughly enjoyed researching you, by the way. Oh. I, I know you know who you are, but you are, you are Rosalind <laughs> Cecilia Cavaliero. What a name. <gasps> I know. You were born in Brazil, you lived in Rome for a time, now you're in Corsham. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So yeah. a bit like Go Ape in Swindon. It's yeah, still a lovely yeah. place to live, obviously, yes. and I'm sure yes. Go Ape is lovely too. Yeah. <laughs> but um, that was, I'm, I'm gathering it's because we, we share something in common. Yeah. My father also worked for the British Council. Oh, my... Why did you... You saved that to tell me now. Well, I, I only found it out earlier on today that that's why you oh moved to all those places. Where, where was your... Where, where well, did... well, it's not about me. This is your... your no, but I... I love a British council. Well, my dad was a teacher for the British council oh. and went to live in Uganda oh, wow. with all of us. And between my being two and a half and ten, I lived in Uganda. How amazing. How and, amazing. And a very surreal thing was I was best friends in Uganda with Adrian Edmondson's two younger brothers. Oh, my goodness. So it's a small world Gosh, that wouldn't want to hoover it. extraordinary. His father wasn't British council. His dad is called Fred Edmondson. Yeah. Um, I'm just name dropping. Yeah, yeah. I know, Chris Adrian, I know Adrian Edmondson's father. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yes. Fred Edmondson. Oh, Fred oh, and right. Dorothy Edmondson. Oh, right. And it was oh, yeah. Matt and Alistair, oh, just wow. to prove that I'm wow. not making this stuff up. Wow, how brilliant. You're in Uganda. How amazing. Oh. Yeah, so that, I left when I was 10 after Idiom yeah. overthrew Milton Abote. Oh, I'm wow. aging myself. So historical. And where did you end up after... Where did you go after... We went go? back to... <laughs> <laughs> I, I like to do this. I like no, to no, do... you're very good. I like it. Well, we went back to Middlesbrough. I was born yeah. in Saltburn oh. near Redcar. Oh, so you uh, went back there? Because I, I was born in Brazil and we lived in Rome and previously to that my parents lived in India and, and we ended up in Tunbridge Wells. So I always have to go... Um, I'm from I, I'm from Tunbridge Wells, but I, I was born in Brazil. Well, the Tunbridge <laughs> is, a, is a bit like the Raj, isn't it? Well, yes, it is. Yes, yes, exactly. It's very colonial. Yeah. yeah so you've moved around. That's why you're in Rome, yeah. I'm assuming. And what was yes. your dad doing? So my dad was a British. I'm a British Council child. Um, he would work for the British Council basically, and he 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 worked, lived in lots of different countries. He was the rep, um, and he ended up actually being the assistant. No, no, the deputy director general of the British Council. So he did. You know, he did really Ooh. well. Um, and it was, yeah, it was a really interesting job. And my partner's best friend worked for the British Council too. He's called Alan. And he oh, was... Alan, um, right he, yeah, <laughs> Alan Smart. But yeah, he, he, you know, he's, he's had such an interesting career too. Cause he's yes. All around the world. And, and by the way, another connection that immediately yeah. made me like you even more is yeah. you share the same birthday as my daughter Lily, who's in the audience 27th of November? Sagittarius! Sagittarius! Yeah, brilliant. Yes, so I liked you even more for that too. Um, also, your first role, I know you know this, and mm. maybe you'll tell you'll get on the other road, but I'm proving I've done some research <laughs> yeah. here. Your first role was age six in Hansel and Gretel. Yes, I played the mother, and I had to... 
I always played old ladies. When I was young, I only ever played old ladies. Like, when I was at drama school, I only played old ladies. I was like, can I play, you know, an age-appropriate role? Please, we've got agents in. No, you're going to play Mrs Bennett in Pride yes. and Pride. And I was the mother in Hansel and Gretel, yes. So I never got, I never got the leading roles. But, you know, always a supporting role. And you've grown up with a very healthy obsession, lifelong, with the sound of music, please. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes, I am obsessed with the sound of music, yeah, yeah. And you're yeah. often seen in a nun's outfit. Yeah. <laughs> no, I once went to a live, one of those sing-alongs, dressed as a nun. Yeah, Not Rocky Horror, but sound no, of music. No, it, it, it was just a, it was a friend's birthday and we all went and sang along. Excellent. Yeah, it's quite a strange night, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Wonderful. Talking of strange nights, here we are. Here we are. Hurrah. Yeah. And you're very, very welcome to Thank the clearing. You. Thank and we'll you get so on much. the open road soon. And you were actually passed a golden baton to me by Julia Davis, actually. Yes, the brilliant Julia Davis. Who, you, yeah. It was Hunderby. Oh. Hunderby. Right? I did Hunderby, yeah. Hunderby, yeah. yes, yes. Yeah, she's a genius. Uh, did you, do any of you know her work? Um, she did Nighty Night, yes. Hunderby. She did a thing called Sally Forever. She did, it was a human remains, lots of yes. stuff. Yeah, she's absolutely brilliant, yeah. So Julia rang me up and said, my great friend Chris, I've known him for years, he's wonderful, he's brilliant, you know, he's doing this podcast, will you do it? And I went, yeah, this was about six months ago. I went, yeah, that'll be fine. And then as it's got nearer and nearer to the date, I've got more and more scared. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. But, but thank you for saying yes immediately, because there was, yeah. I mean... Well, Julia's got very good taste. Ah, oh, wonderful. Well, you come highly recommended from her too. She raves about you oh, in a really good way. Uh, so, um, do you want to just talk about The Power of Parker, which is happening oh, yeah. tonight? So, I'm do, I'm just, it's for BBC One. It's a comedy. It's called The Power of Parker, and it's written by Sean Gibson and Con um, uh, Paul Coleman, who wrote uh, uh, Car Share. Um, and it's, it's very funny. It's set in Stockport. It's set in 1990, so it's like back to that era. So there's loads of 80s music, great costumes, and it's um, a really, really great role for me. Just one, it's just a really juicy, funny, brilliant role. I just love playing it, you know, and, and nice to have a sort of lead role, you know, for, for a change. It's so, sort of a three-hander. It's sort of a three-hander, yeah. but it's a, it's a brilliant cast. There's sort of Conrad Hill, I don't know if you know Conrad, brilliant actor. He plays Martin Parker. I play his wife. Sean plays his lover. And there's brilliant people like George Costigan in it and uh, Steve Pemberton and Sheila Reid and Judith Barker, loads of brilliant, brilliant actors. So it was a, a real dream. I hope you... It's all on iPlayer now if you fancy binging it at some point or watching it. It is very funny. It's very northern um, and it's quite nostalgic and it's warm-hearted and it's great characters. Uh, and set and in it, Stockport. And it's pre-me You know, it's pre-digital set in Stockport. So it's the time, you know, no one had phones on the internet. So it's about a guy leading a double life and how, you know, what, how people could, could do it more easily then because of, you know, we didn't have all this technology to make us feel It's a nightmare people. running a second family, it really is. <laughs> <laughs> but there's so many people, you hear all these stories of people doing it. Yes, extraordinarily. It's extraordinary, yes. I know. Even nowadays. Yeah, yeah. cool. Well, no. um, so, um, oh, by the way, you were also on the one show this very Tuesday. Oh, yeah. And I got excited. I, I, excited. I wasn't very good. I was very nervous. And um, <laughs> I, I was sort of babbling. And, um, yeah, it, was, it wasn't... I didn't feel it went that well. But anyway, doesn't matter. I, I'm going to go by Neil Malarkey and just go, it doesn't matter. Moving on. You make this... Yeah. He was the previous guest yeah, this evening. Yeah, just exactly. to give context, Oh, sorry, if you didn't see if him. These get yeah. broadcast at different times. Yes, of course. Remember, yes, we're, doing, yes, we're doing two on the trot. We've saved the best course. till last, yes. if I may say so. Yes. <laughs> Thank you. So it's my great joy, delight and pleasure to curate you through the, uh, the journey of the Good Listening To show. So it's all your best, favourite, lovely storytelling metaphors. Clearing tree, five, four, three, two, one. Alchemy, gold, couple of random squirrels, a cheeky bit of Shakespeare, a golden baton and a cake.
get so you don't have to clap. That's just yeah. me. <laughs> Phew, I remembered it again. That's great. So let's get you on the open road then. Uh, and there'll be um, a deliberate invitation to find out where we can find out all about you later on. And I know that you're quite mm. shy on the old interwebs, <laughs> so that's a good thing. So um, where is what is a clearing for Rosie or Rosalind Cecilia Cavaliero? <laughs> um, well, I really love Pembrokeshire. I don't know if any of you know it. Um, it's just such a beautiful place. And we started going there in the last few years. And I just love coastal walking, you know, the coastal path. And I just think Pembrokeshire is just endlessly beautiful. And I love going there and I'm hopefully going to go there in a few weeks. So that's my place. And I think I just love a coastal path because you can walk one way and have one view and walk, the, walk back yes. and have another view. So you don't have to do a big sort of circular loop. Like stairs, they go up and yeah, down yeah. as well. So. <laughs> but what's so lovely is I just think, you know, I was thinking about what Neil was saying earlier about... Uh, Walking. What was the thing he used about going for a walk? If, everything if feels doubt, better. Walk it out. And I do think, yeah. you know, just putting one foot in front of another, if you're feeling a bit down and a bit angsty, it Absolutely. does really help. So that, that's my. So there, is there a is it on the cliff of a of a uh, the Pembrokeshire walk? <laughs> just any part. I, the where we like to go is that sort of bit between St David's and and sort of the Fish Guard, that kind of Mathry and places like that. But I mean, any any of all of it's beautiful. And I love how you say it's where we go. So your my, yeah, your my happy clear, places with the, the yeah with my family yeah yeah. yeah. And how yeah. big is the squad when you're all together? Is it four or three? Um, there's me, my son, and, and and Rob. And then Rob also has a son, Charlie, who's uh, he's 25. So he he has come, but he's off living his own life now. So <laughs> he sure. doesn't come away with us so much. So if I may, I'm going to um, inter, uh, inter what well, not interfere. I mean, I'll <laughs> interrupt. Sorry, is what I'm trying mm. to say, and interfere by mm. being a bit too loud. I'm going to arrive with a tree existentially yes. to shake your tree to see which storytelling apples fall out. Do you want to hold an apple? Oh, How yeah. do you like yes, those please. apples? Yes. And I said to Neil Larkey, don't yeah, eat don't it because it. it's yeah. a comedy prop. Yeah. It is quite, it is quite good, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, quite, I like it. Yes, it's quite sleeping <laughs> beauty. Yeah. So um, uh, we're going to now do the five, four, three, two, one. So mm. you've had five minutes to have thought mm -hmm. about four things that have shaped you, three things that inspire you, two things that never fail to grab your attention. Oh, squirrel. And then the quirky or unusual fact about you, Rosie, that we couldn't know until you tell us. So over to you to interpret the shaking of your canopy as you see fit. Right. So, well, I'd say, obviously, I'm going to start with family, my parents. Um, you know, my dad, I've all talked about British Council. Um, and, I, you know, and I, I grew up in a big family. There were five of us. So I, I would say I sort of the, they shaped me. My my parents definitely. Um, both my parents were, were very clever. You know, they they were both came from immigrant stock. Um, you were born in Brazil. Born in Brazil, but yeah. that's because my dad's job sent right, him there. Right, sure, sure. But he was. They both sort of. Mum's um, side were Irish, but grew up in Lancashire. Dad was English, but sort of his great grand his grandfather had come over as a French speaking Algerian. Right. In the eighteen eighties. Um, and settled in East London. He was actually Jewish, but didn't tell anyone he was Jewish. I don't think we, we only really found out relatively recently. Um, anyway, so, uh, and then he met someone and had five sons, and they all grew up to be very English, and they all fought in World War I and survived, which was incredible. Yeah. Anyway, Did it make your family swim back to a previous faith when you found that out, or no faith, maybe, or human? Well, um, not really. No, they were all quite sort of C of E. My dad became a Catholic because... Right. He, my so mother, my mother in... was a very strict Catholic, yeah. and my father became a Catholic. He's, he did become a Catholic before they met, but right. I think he became a Catholic because apparently the pretty girls were at the Catholic chaplaincy <laughs> at Oxford, because they met at Oxford See, University, you... and that's where they, they met. Yes. So my mum was doing PPE, my dad was doing history. Um, and yeah, and so my, they were very um, interested in culture, my parents. They, Did you they, say your mum was doing PPE? Yeah, 
Is that the stuff for the pandemic, wasn't it? <laughs> she's she's, she's yeah. ahead of the game. Yeah, philosophy, politics and economics. Of course. It? And then she was an economics teacher and a politics teacher later on. But yes, so they, growing up with them was very, you know, they, they were really interested in, in music and art and books and everything. And so I grew up in a very sort of cultured house. Yes. Know. Have your um, brothers and sisters gone into... Um, one of, yeah, one of my, well, my, we're all, my brother's not, my brother's really into the arts, but he doesn't work in the arts. My yeah. sister is an artist, but she's also an art therapist. And my other sister um, is a curator. And then my other sister worked for a charity for a long time, and then she worked for a hospital. Mm -hmm. um, so she's, but they're all very, you know, we're all very interested in it. Mm. And, uh, you were talking about your mum and dad in the past tense. Are they still with us? No, they, they died. Oh. Yeah, they, my dad died. My mum died 15 years ago. And my dad died five years ago. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So um, we're into the next thing that yes. shaped you or any, any other depth you want um, to go no, in the No, no, just that that was, oh, and then I was going to say, what I was going to say resulting from that was that... Um, so obviously, I think living the next thing is that living abroad as a child, I think, definitely yeah. shaped me. So obviously, I can't really remember Brazil, but because um, I was only about two when we left. But uh, we then had the, the posting in Rome, which was wonderful. I was about eight when I went there, and uh, that was just. I went to school in Rome, not not an Italian school, an international school, but um, it really just changed my life. And that's when I started getting into. Um, you know, theatre and plays and operas and stuff, because Dad's work, we'd, we'd always be having actors <coughs> yes. coming over and shows coming over that he'd be hosting and musicians and poets. And, and Camino de Latte being the yeah, sort of Italian. Yeah, you know, people coming to the flat where we were... I mean, it was just full of artists coming in and out. Yeah, yeah. So that was fascinating. And we went to a... I remember we went to this opera festival. It was called the Barger Opera Festival. And we, we, the woman said, well, you can camp in the garden, then you can you can come to all the shows. So we put, pitched the tent up in the garden of her, her house and we went to see all the brilliant operas. And that's when I, I got obsessed with observing the singers, but as themselves, not as when they were on stage. I, just, I was just totally intoxicated by the romance of them. And just, mm -hmm. I used, they said, you can come and watch the dress rehearsals. And I used to sit in the, in the theatre and watch them doing the dress rehearsals. And I just used to love seeing them coming in and out of character and stopping. Yeah, yeah. And I was, just, I was totally hooked. Did you just, sing as well? I do sing, but not not operatic. Not my my niece is an opera singer, Anna, ah. Anna Cavallero. She's a fantastic opera singer, wow. and she's doing incredibly well at the moment. She's touring and doing all sorts of stuff. And she, I think, definitely, you know, my she had a massive your surname does sound really yes. either Brazilian oh, or it's, Italian. It's, yeah, actually, it's great. It's a great opera singer name. Yeah, yeah, it is <laughs> absolutely. But you yeah. you said your parents were English and Irish. So I wonder yes. how you ended up with Cavallero. Well, my the, oh, the, the Algerian. Algerian Sorry. Um, French being Algerian, he we think that his family went goes right back to originally sort of northern Italy. Yeah. The Sephardic Jews that were in sort of in northern Italy, and then I think a lot of the families went down through Italy and then were in Greece. Uh -huh. <laughs> and then Algeria. So I don't I don't know the, the full details. Very exotic. Mm. Do you have uh, a dual citizenship? Are you do no, you have a Brazilian I, passport? I put I think I could have one because yeah. I'm born in Brazil, but I don't. I don't really feel a need. <laughs> you, you could you because you know. can, but you yeah, don't need exactly, to. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Sure. Yeah. Um, so, three things that yes. have... Uh, so either that, something oh, yes. else in the shaping. Oh, or... oh, the shaping was, I was going to say, telly, because, you know, yep. I love telly and always loved telly, and as a child, it kind of ruled my life, and it kind of still does, but, yeah, I absolutely loved telly, and that informed me. <laughs> by the way, the, the TV roles you have done are very, very fulsome indeed. They're, they're loads yeah. of sort of bangers mm. of telly. Yeah. There's French and Saunders... You've worked with, uh, obviously, Alan Partridge in Mid-Morning Matters, uh, Catherine Tate Show, Little Dorrit, Jane Eyre, 
so loving it, it's pulled you towards yeah, it and you're very successful yeah. within it. Yeah, I, I feel very lucky. I mean, it's, you know, it's, it's not always been easy. I mean, it took me a while to get going. Mm. But, um, you know, I mean, it's always a struggle. It never, yes. it's never, it's never easy. <laughs> you're always, there's always rejection around the corner. But I have been really, really lucky with, with yeah. some of the jobs I've had. And by the way, in researching you, one of the parts that I know you did fantastically well, which made complete sense to me, because of who you reminded me of, was playing the nurse in Romeo and Juliet. Oh, on the radio. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. I just think of you as being a sort of natural successor to Pat Haywood, who played oh, the nurse in the Franco yes. Zeffirelli film, which yes. got me through my, yeah. oh, my wow. O-level back yeah. in the day. That's a brilliant film. Because I saw that film and then I, and I then totally understood. And then did you see that Olivia Hussey and Robert Whiting have now come forward and said that they had an awful time on that film? Oh, I did, I know. yes. Yeah, and wow. they were, the Zeffirelli was horrible to them. Did you read that? I know, and I thought, oh, because it's, it's like I, it shattered my... Because I love I, that film. Yeah, me too. And I, I, I bumped into John McHenry, who played oh. Mercutio in oh, a juice wow. bar in Cotton oh, in Bristol. As you do. As yeah. you do. Yeah. And I remember sitting next to him, oh, hello, you got me through my own level. <laughs> oh, so it was a wow. wonderful conversation. Yeah. And in oh, fact, I thought brilliant. of interviewing him, but then tragically he died oh, no. about three years ago. Oh, what a shame. That was a great film. Yeah. Fantastic. Yeah. Anyway, anyway. Th that was just a part that I yeah. thought would really suit you, as in, yes. oh, I'd cast you as the nurse. I don't know. I'd want to, I did enjoy doing it on the radio, but I don't know. If, I think I find Shakespeare a bit frightening, and also some of the female roles in Shakespeare, as you get older, mm. aren't that great. They're great when you're young, but we yeah. get, but now of course women yes. are playing men, men are playing women. But I, I I I don't know if I'd want to do the nurse. I don't know. It's just a bit of a. It's always a. It's just a bit of a buffoon character, isn't it? Really, she doesn't really have. Well, I, learned, I, le I remember learning the words that I haven't thought of for a while, but yeah. garrulous and loquacious yeah. because of Matthew in study notes yeah, about, yeah, the yeah, yeah. about the nurse. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. But anyway, that's anyway. me going yeah. down my yeah. own rabbit hole. Yeah. Sorry about that. So this is to get us out of any rabbit yes, holes. That yes. was my fault. Yes. Cashier number four, please. Cashier, yeah, yeah. So um, three things that inspire you now. Well, I, I'm going to say writers because obviously without writers, I can't do my job. And, um, you know, they, they, they constantly inspire me. And I, I was very lucky when I was at... I went to a quite an odd drama school. Uh, it's now closed, called the Webber Douglas Academy of Dramatic Art. And I went there after I'd been to Manchester University and done a drama degree. And Manchester was, you know, it was quite political. And we were always kind of... We were doing a lot of devising and improvising. And, um, and that was Toby Jones' land Yeah, well, I was it? the year yeah. below Toby, yeah. Okay. Um, and, uh, you know, we read so many plays and really sort of studied... So I'd read so many plays and I really sort of learned about drama and then went to this, the Webber Douglas Academy of Dramatic Art. <laughs> I like the way you say and it. I, I would say Central was... School of Screech and Trauma. <laughs> is that where you went? Well, I teach a degree, oh, oh, Central oh, School of Screech and Trauma and is speech, how we Yeah, trauma, yeah, yeah, absolutely. And Webber Douglas was trauma, yeah, yeah. yeah. I just did a postgraduate year and it was very odd because I suddenly came from Manchester where it was all quite, you know... And then so they turned up at this... It was like a Swiss finishing school. It was just... You came from Manchester. And I was land. on the waiting list as well. So I was really neurotic. I thought, well, I'm on the waiting list. I'm probably not very good. But anyway, someone's dropped out. And then I got there and I thought, oh. <laughs> it's not yeah. that good. And then lots of very sort of beautiful girls with sort of corkscrew curls, you know. And, and then I, you know, consequently, I played all the old lady parts when I got there. But, um, <laughs> You're born to play that but, again. <laughs> exactly. And then, you know, it was all like, walk with a straight back, you know, and go like this. <laughs> before you speak, to centre yourself. And it was, it was all like, get rid of your accent. And oh, uh, it was all yes. trying to sort of just make you really, like a blank canvas. And I just thought, I, no, we all slightly rebelled against that. But um, that was kind of what they, that was the style then. It yes. was, you know, you make yourself, you, everyone looked the same, everyone talked the same. Lose weight, you know, I had to go and see the principal and he would say things like, you're doing well, you know, you just need to, 
shed a few pounds and um, you know yes. and I came out so, and then I remember there was a girl outside the office she went, have you had the weight chat <laughs> <laughs> I said yeah she went, oh join the club he does it to everyone so um yeah it was it was all but then while I was there I made great friends and then one of my great great friends who's called Charlotte Jones she's a writer and she was an actress but then sensibly decided it was not for her not that she was she was brilliant but she realized <laughs> that came out wrong she was brilliant. She just hated, she just, well, the life wasn't for her. And she realised what an amazing writer she was because she wrote this brilliant play that we both did at the Battersea yeah. Arts Centre. It was a two-hander called Air Swimming. And um, that really helped me, you know. Um, it gave you a vehicle. It gave me a vehicle. It gave me a showcase. Did show you say case. Air Swimming? Air Swimming, yeah. Uh -huh. And I consequently worked with her again on a play called In Flame that we did at the Bush in the West End. And yeah. So meeting Charlotte, you know, at drama school. And yes. she's a brilliant writer. She's one of, honestly, she's... One of my favourite, everything she writes is just fantastic. She's got a play coming out at Chichester next year. She's written for The National, she's written a play called Humble Boy. Anyway, um, meeting her was great because, so I met her at this, we both met at this strange drama school. <laughs> but thank God we did, you know, because we worked together and we had a theatre company together and all that yes. sort of stuff. So, so yeah. writers is definitely an writers, inspiration. Writers, definitely, yeah. Uh, inspiration number two, please. Um, young creative people um, I'm inspired by. I've been lucky enough. Um, to be working, you know, the last few jobs with some really young people, and they just, I love them. I just, I love, I love, I find them so interesting, and they're so, they, they seem to be interested in me, and I'm much older than them, and, um, and you know, I look at my nieces who are all in the arts, like my niece who's the opera singer, and I've got another niece who's a, a theatre, an actor and a director. I've got another niece who's a singer and musician. She was at uh, Bath, my, my niece Ella, she was studying music at Bath. Um, spa mm -hmm. uh, and then I've got another niece who's working in in sort of wants to work in film and stuff so I really admire them that they're all trying to kind of get into this tough tough world because it is a tough world you know even more bewildering even more bewildering and I, media, I you know yeah. and, I, and so I'm just always impressed by people who still want to to get into yes. this creative business because it's tough so you, are you finding yourself being a bit of a mentor to them as well <laughs> they look up to you and I don't know if they do but um, uh, I just, I just, I do love being with young people. I do love it. <laughs> Lovely inspiration. Yes. And then number three. Um, probably going to say just you know, a really, like, a really good film, really good theatre. When you go to the theatre and you just see something magical happen, you know, I recently saw Fairdra at the National, and it was just mind blowing. I don't know if any of you saw it, but director called Simon. Is he called Simon Stone? Uh, he could Simon be. Stevens. Simon I didn't know that. I don't know. Anyway, brilliant. So things like that, you watch and you just go, oh my God, that's what I, I want. I want to work with him. I want to, I want to work in that way. Apparently he takes all the actors down to the pub and listens to the way they speak and how they interact with each other. And then he forms the play. Wow. Well, he was doing Fairdrow with Greek tragedy, but they modernised it. And it was about, it was really brilliantly done. So she was like a successful woman, but menopausal and about her sort of getting this infatuation with this young guy, which is the story of Fedra. But brilliantly, I really recommend it. It's on NT, you can watch it NT at home. Mm. It, so things like that, you know, you get, yes. you kind of, where you're just stuck to your seat in the theatre and you can't move, you can't yeah. breathe. That's, it's quite rare to have that. That is the thing, it is rare. Yeah, but it is rare. Magical when you but find magical, it. But magical, yeah. Yes. Absolutely. Lovely. Mm. Um, mm. Yeah. Sorry. So now we, is that yes, the three? Excellent. Well now done. it's grabs. Excellent value. Now it's time for the, what are the two uh, squirrels that never fail to grab your attention? Oh, oh there we go. There, it works seamlessly. Have a squirrel, <laughs> have madam. A squirrel. So what are your monsters scratching? What, um, what are your... I love, well, I love 
Sorry? I was going to say, let's borrow from the film Art, which is oh, why yeah, I really yeah, love Art. Love Art. So, I watched it many times with my son, you know, when, yeah. you, when you watch the endless, endless films you have to watch. Mm. Yes. But it's a great film, it's a real classic. Um, uh, bookshops, I love a bookshop. I think, you know, I grew up, my, my dad, you know, in a house full of books. Um, and when my dad died, he had so many books in the house. And I remember thinking, oh, God, what are we going to do with all these books, you know? But actually, when I suddenly realised I really miss those books... I did keep quite a few. My sister was brilliant. She was very sort of ruthless at kind of going, no, we're not going to give them all away. But I've, I do love books. I love the look of books. I love flicking through books. So I love a bookshop. I love, mm. I love any bookshop, big bookshop, independent bookshop. Love Persephone bookshop in Bath. Love it. Because I love uh, mid-century fiction by female writers. So that's kind of my yeah. Persephone books is heaven. Was your dad collecting something specific? Or oh, was it he just, just had so many plethora. books. Yeah. yeah, he had so many, so many, so many books. Different yeah, things, so yes. And the other one is uh, Butterflies, because Ooh. my dad... <laughs> My dad was obsessed with butterflies as a child. He used to, it was terrible. He'd catch them, torch them, and then pin them on the wall and frame them. <laughs> anyway, he, um, he, he, he did, at the age of 10, he managed to sort of discover this very rare butterfly, which he then caught, and he bred. Oh, he and didn't he, stab this one? Yeah, he didn't stab that one, no. Yeah. He bred it, and he, he was incredible. And he was, in, he was in the Times paper. He wrote, he was 10, he'd written, he'd developed, and it was called The Long-Tailed Blue. Woo. So, and he was always obsessed with sort of... Um, nature and butterflies and i've got a little butterfly wing around my neck in a little frame but so whenever i see a butterfly i always think that's him because you know they say signs when people and we, we were celebrating i think it was my parents it was something to do with dad's anniversary of him dying and my sister was staying and this little butterfly flew and sat on my arm honestly Ooh. for ages it was weird you know normally they just fly off we just sat there and it followed us and then it follows us into the room where my sister was sleeping and we just said that's dad Dad's there. Yeah. So now whenever I see them, I go, that's Dad. That's lovely. <laughs> and in animal medicine, a, a butterfly, I think, is transformation. Um, and oh, so yes. How that's, brilliant. That's interesting. I'm, I'm taking that. Yeah. Have it. I'm having it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. yeah. Wonderful squirrels, if I may say so. Yeah, thank you. Lovely. Thank you very much. And I love the fact that your father wasn't all about carnage of, of butterflies. No, no. It, it was a lot about it. I've still got some of his... Um, ah. <laughs> stabbed yes. butterflies. Yes. <laughs> yeah. They're not going anywhere no, until you decide no, to get rid of them. No. <laughs> okay, so now we're on to a quirky or unusual fact about you, oh, <laughs> Rosalind yes. Cecilia. I do my... love your full name, yeah. by the way. Yes, I, I, I know. It's, um, it's such a ridiculously overly dramatic name, isn't it? It's, my, I've got my sister's Mary Louise, my other sister's Anna Maria, my brother's Rowan. Which is I like that. I'm Rosalind Cecilia, and my sister's Juliana Claire. I mean, Ooh. but we've all been shortened. Louisa, Mia. Rowan, Rosie, Julie, I mean... Uh, anyway, that's beside the point. Yes, yeah, so this is my special quirky fact. I can do a baby crying, OK? And then I can do a baby, like, about to go on the boob. Anyway, like that. Outstanding. <laughs> Can I just congratulate you? That is, I'm, I'm not lying, that is the most awesome quirky fact it's I've so had bizarre. to date. Yeah. I, I love that. An actress that. taught me how to do that, an actress called Pookie Canal. Do you know Pookie Canal? No, I don't. She taught me how to do that because we, we, she said, she just said, you have to, she just taught me how to do it as a technique. The yeah. only other Pookie I knew yeah. was at drama school with me and it was in Miss Saigon in the early oh. days. And she was always very famous for lying on the floor and just farting all the time. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> What's that? She, she's big, big potatoes in, in um, the Far East now. Oh, wow. Um, 
I'm trying to remember where she was from, yeah. but she was quite oh. an exotic creature, but farted yeah. a lot. Yeah, right, but yeah. farted. <laughs> Pookie, yeah, I'll, I'll yeah. get back to you Pookie, on that one. Pookie Cornell doesn't fart a lot, don't yeah. you? Yeah, lovely. <laughs> so now we've shaken your tree, hurrah! Yes, yes. So now we're going to move away from the tree, and next we're talking about alchemy and gold, oh. please. You can hold it if you like, or just look at it. Oh, so, why not? so alchemy and gold is when mm. you're at purpose and in flow, Rosie. What are mm. you absolutely happiest doing? Um, well, I suppose... Um, I suppose it's that time between action and cut, you know, when because when you're filming, there's a lot of hanging around and sometimes you'll just <laughs> spend most of the day sort of waiting and then you'll have that few seconds or minutes of it when the camera's rolling and you're doing the scene. Um, and that's probably the best bit. And then actually listening to what Neil was saying about, I, I feel the same, like actually just my, my son laughing, making my son laugh hysterically, you know, it's great. Lovely. Yeah. yeah. Beautiful. Um, and now I'm going to award you with a cake. Please. Oh, yes. So you get to hold that there yes, as well. Yes. And this is a final uh, storytelling metaphor where you get to put a cherry on the cake. First of all, we have to talk about whether you like cake. So mm. do you like cake? Of course I like cake. <laughs> I what, love cake. What cake are we going for? Ooh. Well, I've been doing that Nigella lemon and polenta lately, which is lovely. It's very easy. Mm. Um, yeah, why not that? Why not a Nigella yeah. lemon polenta? <laughs> Lovely. So the cake is yours. Now you get to put a cherry on the cake mm. with uh, the, the following questions. What's a favourite inspirational quote that's always given you sucker and driven <laughs> towards your future? Well, there's sort of two, really. One was my, my grandpa. Oh, gosh. My, my, my uncle, who ended up being a Catholic priest. He was a brilliant, brilliant um, pianist and organist. Healist and organist. Pianist and organist. Oh, sorry, yeah. I think it's a healist pianist. Oh, sorry. no, pianist and organist. Sorry, I said... And he really wanted to be, <laughs> his penis. dream was to be a, you know, a, a concert pianist. Right, yeah. And um, my, my Lancastrian grandfather, who was a wholesale grocer, but who basically sent all his children, I don't know how he afforded it, but all to sort of private schools and they, you know. Um, he wanted to be a, a you know, a, a concert pianist. And he said to my grandpa, you know, my, and, he, and I remember the grandpa said to him, it's the road to Nout. And... When I told my nana, I remember years ago, I think I want to be an actor. She went, well, I always remember John saying it was the road to Nout. And it was so kind of like, oh! <gasps> it was so kind of slam, you know? Yes. And I remember my uncle, he didn't become a concert pianist, he became a Catholic priest. But it was great because he used to make all the parishioners pay for this very expensive organ that he would put in the church. And then he'd do, all, <laughs> so he'd do lots of concerts, you know? So he, in his own way, he performed. Yes. But lovely. I remember thinking, no, I'm, I don't think it's the road to Nout, and I'm going to do it. Um, but it is the road to now as well. <laughs> I mean, they were, they were right, because it yes. can be the road to now. And the other advice, great advice I had, was my mother, that was at some, I think it was a British council do, you know, with people coming over. Yeah. It was the great, late Peggy Ashcroft. I don't know if any of you remember her, brilliant actress. She was in things like Passage to India, um, loads of stuff, and a brilliant theatre, Jane, yes. Jane Peggy Ashcroft. Yeah. And my mum sort of was sitting at a dinner with her and said, you know, oh, my daughter, you know, she'd really like to go into acting. Have you got any advice? And, Peggy Ashcroft sighed and sort of went, oh, does she, you know. <laughs> and, she went, and she went, well, any she says, well, if it's absolutely the only thing she wants to do and there's nothing else, nothing else at all, then she must do it. <laughs> and I remember thinking, oh, that would be advice. But, you know, absolutely right. Yes. Absolutely right. And in, in another parallel universe, if you weren't an actress, and thank you for being one, what, what, what might you have done? If... Oh, I just don't know. This is the awful thing. Yeah. I don't know. Therefore, it did. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. it was good that you yeah. pursued the Peggy Ashcroft yeah, advice. Absolutely. Fantastic. Yeah. What yeah. notes, help, or advice might you proffer to a younger version of yourself? Confidence. I wish I'd read Neil Malarkey's book. Mm. It is so much about confidence. I, I had a dream once where I bumped into myself on the street. 
And I went, ooh. And I told myself, you've got to be more confident when you grow up. And I think, God, that was quite, sort of quite profound. Um, and Because I, I remember, uh, actually, what I've realised as I've got older is actually everyone's blagging, aren't they? We're all Absolutely. blagging. Nobody has a clue what's going on. Or what, and I think yes. I've only really just learnt that. And I think I spent so many, so many years sort of worrying, am I good enough, you know? And it is, it is just actually just basic. It's just yes. confidence. Walking into a room, sell, you know, don't, don't show the chinks, just... And it, that's just key. And I wish I'd had more of it when I was younger, because I think I would have done a lot better. And the irony is, even though we can tell our younger self yeah, that, we yeah, still, we're yeah. still just winging Absolutely. it, and we haven't necessarily... Absolutely. The nature of confidence is a funny old thing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, but fantastic advice yeah. to a younger self. Yeah. Wonderful. Um, so now we're ramping up to a bit of Shakespeare. Oh, yes. But just before we get there, if I may, pass the golden baton, yeah. please. <laughs> so keep hold of the baton. Thank you. You can blow down it as well if you want to. <laughs> oh, that's uh, I wonder what a baby sounds doing that. It sounded the same. <laughs> yeah, it sounded the same. There's no difference. No, that was great. Thank you, Jim. So um, pass the golden baton, please, is to keep the golden thread of the storytelling going in this construct and idea. Who would you most like to pass the golden baton on to? Oh, well, my great friend Ed Woodall, who was at university, Manchester University as well with me, and he, um, he did English, not drama, but we did plays, and then he went off to study with Jacques Lecoq in, in Paris, uh, with Toby Jones, actually, and um, he was a brilliant actor for many years and worked with people like Simon McBurney and, um, and, and all sorts of brilliant people like that, Emma Rice. And he, um, but then he subsequently stopped acting and, um, for various reasons. And he now is a Feldenkrais practitioner. I don't know if any of you know Feldenkrais, but it's, a, it's an awareness through movement and you have to train to teach it. And um, in the pandemic, he, um, he set it up on sort of Zoom and did Zoom classes. And it's really, really helped me in so many ways. Um, he doesn't like to use the word pain, but <laughs> it's helped me with a lot of my back pain and my. And it's it's a very simple um, exercise, and it's uh, through small movements. So it's not that stretching or getting out of breath. Mm. Or can't really explain it. Ed explains it brilliantly, and um, I just think he'd be a fantastic person because he's such such a sort of varied life and. Yes. And this, what he does now, you know, is interesting. And his surname is? Woodall. Woodall, Edward. Yeah. Yes, yeah. I've definitely heard of him. Yeah. And I think yeah. he could be one of those distant Facebook yeah, friends who thinks... Yeah, you probably might have met him through, you know, through, yes, through work. And, through mutual yeah, friends, yeah. yes. Yeah. Wonderful. Um, Thank you um, for that. Cool. Very generous yeah. and be a delight to talk to him. <laughs> uh, so now, inspired by Shakespeare yes. and all the world has teetered, all the better women, really players. Oh, yes. um, legacy now. How, when all is said and done, uh, Rosie, would you most really... like to be remembered? I don't really mind. Just... Someone who is a good mate and you're someone, someone you could talk to. That's kind of it, really. Lovely. Mm. Thank you so much. Uh, ladies nice. and gentlemen, this has been... Oh! <laughs> yes. Shakespeare quote. Oh, yes. And extra bonus chaser, you've come up with an actual Shakespeare quote. Oh, I thought we had to do a Shakespeare quote. No, no, that's quote. great. Please oh. do, please do, please do. Oh, no, I just thought we had to. Speak the speech, I pray you, as I have pronounced it to you, trippingly on the tongue. And you can even do that slower if you like. <laughs> yes! It's, yeah, well, that. Like, you're not going to yeah. do it like yeah. that, are you? <laughs> <laughs> you're not going to do it like that, are you? <laughs> yeah, that one, because it's just the best note to an actor, you know. Speak the speech, I pray you, as I have pronounced it to you, trippingly on the tongue. And that's the player night. king from yeah. Hamlet. Yeah, it's to Rosencrantz and Guildenstern before yes. they do the play. Yeah, Lovely. it's a great quote. And thank you for putting that in as a, a bonus. Oh, yeah, I thought that's what we had to do. <laughs> no. In my good. homework. So, um, I know yeah. you're a bit internet shy, but where can we find out? I mean, obviously, we can definitely go and watch The Power of Parker, yes. which is on tonight. Yes, that's on the say... iPlayer. And um, 
I don't really, I don't really have much information on them. <laughs> this is quite good. I came off Facebook because I just get really angsty when a show's coming out. I think, oh, I don't want to read negative things. And, oh, oh, so and you are affected by reviews in that way, are you? Not really, but sometimes I once was in a show and then someone stopped going on, you know, well, I've put a post on and then everyone... And I'll, I want to go, hello, I was in that. <laughs> and then sort of stop. Yes. They don't, and then I think they forget halfway through there might be people who are... People with so, feelings. Yeah, yeah, yes. I am quite sensitive. I yes. think all actors are very sensitive. All artists are sensitive, aren't they? It's just, you know, I the way so. it is. Yes. Yeah. Thank you for that as well. <laughs> so... Um, so nothing specific to talk about in terms of the internet. So now, um, as this has been your moment in the sunshine, before we go into a bit of Q&A, yes. is there anything else you'd like to say? No, I don't think so. I like that. <laughs> if that's a, enough. Drop the I mic. I've got all my Good questions. Night. So, yeah. um, ladies and gentlemen, now we're going to um, ask questions of Rosie if you'd like to. So does any... What questions... <laughs> and by the way, if you ask what questions do you have, have you noticed that makes you think a bit harder than any questions? <laughs> you go, no, no, yes. So rather than getting a binary response, listen to the impact of... What yeah. questions do you have? Now you're working hard. Who's got a question? Yes, thank you. Hi. You've done a lot of radio plays. Yes. I think a, little, a lot of those radio. and you're in them. Which one, which, which has been your best one? Oh, I love all radio. It's such a lovely medium. You don't have to learn your lines. You don't have to. Um, and the, the mic is, you know, the, the mic is so sensitive. You know, it picks everything up. So you can really... Uh, I've really learned a lot, actually, through acting, with, from, you know, in my acting, through working on radio. I did a really lovely series of plays called Where This Service Will Terminate, oh, which yeah. was about, which that I was really brilliant. loved. That was funny. Really loved. And another one yeah. called Lost Property, which was by uh, someone called Katie Hims. And Catherine Jaitways wrote, where, and I just recently did a room with a view on the radio, which I loved. Mm. Yeah, so I love it. I love it. Yeah, they're great. Love Thank it. you. Thank lovely you. question. Thank you. Anybody else with a question, please? Yes, madam. Would you like any of your youngsters to go on the stage? Uh, um, no. <laughs> but at the same, but the, but then, the, but nowadays I kind of think, well, there's no, there's no job security in anything now. So I just think, well, why not just do it if that's what you want to do? Because I just think, you know. As Dame Peggy Ashcroft said. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. Uh, but I, do, it's such a hard. It's, it's not an easy. It's, it's, it's a really. It's sorry, can't speak. It's <laughs> it's just a really tough business because you just get so much rejection, and you. I just feel like it never ends. Like I'm in my fifties now, and I still still struggle. You know, I still have to do the audition. You know, and I still and then I don't get the job, and then you know, and then it's like, oh, I'm not going to work again, and it just never goes away. Mm. Never go. But I think even like the, the the really famous successful actors don't say exactly the same. Yes, that never ends. Yeah, never ends. A, a, a spinning vortex of rejection. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Does anybody else have any questions? Yes, thank you. Hi, hi uh, Rosie. It's really lovely to listen to you, actually. And um, oh, it followed on you. from that question because you, you talked about rejection. Yeah. Uh, rejection's always just around the corner. So yeah. how do you pick yourself up from Sometimes that? Sometimes it is so hard. I did a job last year where I think it really got to me. I was up for this job and I had to go up, go in, and it was one of those things where you had to open a vein, you know, <laughs> sort of like <laughs> the audition. You've got to give them everything, you know. And then they come back. Will you come back again? You know, you think, oh, God, right, in you go. Open another vein do it with more people um and then the waiting and then oh no we're now seeing a load of other actresses for the role and oh but you're in the last three 
It's between you and two others. And I thought, oh, my God, I can't deal with this. And also, it was weird being back in the room because, um, you know, with, with, with COVID and everything, suddenly everything was just on Zoom. So it was, it was nice to be back in the room. Anyway, I didn't get the job. And um, it, it did take me a bit of a while to sort of bounce back from that one. And there is that perpetual horror in the yeah. acting world of, you're on a pencil, love. Yeah, you're on a pencil. I think, why the fuck can't you use and a marker? I remember marker? crying to my agent on the phone. I was like, oh my God, I didn't want to be this person. I was yes. crying, going, ah, ah, ah. He was like, thinking, oh God. <laughs> but he said, oh, it's really affected you. I said, yes, it has. Because like, I said, it's just, and there's um, the it's other just part, hard. The, the other punch, you're on a pencil, love. Oh, they've gone the other way. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh God, that one, yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, it's really hard. It's just... It just doesn't go away, but then when you do get a good job, then you just have to really enjoy that and, you know, exactly, make the most of it. Any more for it? Oh, the lovely, oh, this one here. Um, yes, thank you. I'm coming up the back there in a moment. Oh, off you go. Um, <laughs> a couple of weeks ago, there was a lot of fluff in the press with the ministers saying that uh, we should only concentrate degrees on subjects mm. where people get jobs now clearly from what you've said and the previous speaker mm. and him and everybody else i know who's involved in the acting profession <laughs> there aren't any so yeah. what would you say to the culture minister particularly to justify the fact that drama courses and other similar degrees should continue to be funded well because they're they're interesting and they're fun and they're um and and everybody should I, it terrifies me that you know, at my son's school, um, they do one show a year, but it's like for the whole school. There's not like this year is doing, you know, year 10 is going to do this play. Or year, it's the whole school. That's it. They do drama and they can do drama GCSE, but it's, it's pretty, you know, at my school, I did so many plays. I was doing plays all the time. And I did, it worries me. that. And when he was at primary school, he didn't do any drama. I mean, they didn't have anything. They didn't even go to the theatre. But I, I absolutely believe that we have to ha encourage our, our young people to be, do, do the arts. I mean, it's just... It's because it's, it's brilliant, that's why. Mm. Thank you. Stimulating. Sorry. Here. Good evening, thank you. Uh, just a question about... We've heard a lot tonight, with both, both speakers tonight, about self-confidence and developing self-confidence. How do you stop it becoming arrogance? Well... I think you just always have to check, you know, you always have to keep a check on yourself. And somebody can usually bring you down to earth, somebody you love, someone who's close to you, can just go, shut up, <laughs> you know, <laughs> stop it. Um, but uh, I, I just, I'd hate to become really arrogant like that. They, those, those sort of actors, there aren't many of them, are there, Chris? No, most people are 99 totally reasonable, human beings. But there's yeah. always 1% that's a dick. <laughs> but they're very, very rare, they're very rare. Yes. They are very rare. So, um, oh, I, I can't bear arrogant actors. There aren't many of them, though. <laughs> Wonderful. So, thank yeah. you very much. Just, and also, thank you very much indeed for tuning in on uh, Facebook and YouTube as well. Uh, thank thank you. you for being there, and uh, you've been absolutely lovely. Just a quick announcement. I'll just flick through and show you. Squirrels! We love squirrels. There they are. There's always squirrels. Uh, the website for the show is thegoodlisteningtoshow.com. If you'd like to be my guest too, then do have a look at the various series strands as to how you can do that. There's even a series strand within the programme which is called Legacy Life Reflections, where you can gift the construct of this, where I'll interview someone near, dear or close to you to record their story for posterity. So if, if that is uh, one of the series strands, as an example, uh, you can have a look at. So have a look at The Good Listening To Show. But uh, sincerely, thank you to my wonderful, gorgeous <laughs> guest, Rosie Cavaliero.
thank you. And finally, a sincere thank you to me, as I said at the beginning, for not going on holiday or going to WOMAD. Hurrah! Yay. So, I, I've been Chris Grimes. You've been wonderful. Thank you. There'll be the outro music and then we'll finally drop the mic. And thank you for staying for such a, a late yes. and sumptuous evening. Thank you thank so much. Thank you for staying on for me after Neil. Roll credits for the theme to You've been listening to the Good Listening To show here on UK Health Radio with me, Chris Grimes. Oh, it's my son. If you've enjoyed the show, then please do tune in next week to listen to more stories from The Clearing. If you'd like to connect with me on LinkedIn, then please do so. There's also a dedicated Facebook group for the show, too. You can contact me about the programme, or if you'd be interested in experiencing some personal impact coaching with me, care of my Level Up Your Impact programme, that's chris at secondcurve.uk. On Twitter and Instagram, it's... At that Chris Grimes. So until next time, from me, Chris Grimes, from UK Health Radio, and from Stan... To your good health. And goodbye.